Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the Top 10 Recovery Podcast, The Betrayed, the Addicted, and the Expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible, even when life does not go as planned. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing, and freedom, no matter how messy life gets. Each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect to talk about ways to be the buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. Oh, are we ready for this? I'm ready for this. I am here as Ashlyn to share my own story of losing my religion. And this has been a long time coming, something that I have put off and was really scary for me for a long time. And then I went through divorce and I was like, ah, this is nothing. (laughs) I can talk about this. (laughs) Uh, It's been a long, long process. So what I want you to know is that this will not be a podcast bashing any religion. Uh, There's no part of me that wants to sway anyone to say, to go or to go through what I have gone through because it is deeply painful and not something I wish on anyone. So I have my friend here, Amy, who she's been on the podcast before sharing her design tips for creating the life you want. And I asked her to be a part of this and kind of interview me and share her little experiences um, because she has stayed in the the faith that I left. And so I trust her. Um, She was one that I went to when I was scared out of my mind. And she helped me stay grounded and find peace and to be okay with not knowing, which is the hardest part. So um, I have a lot of fears coming into this. I never felt like I needed to announce or to share publicly. Um, I didn't want people to all of a sudden lose trust in me or to judge me or to think that my message will somehow change, that maybe I'm a murderer now or uh, (laughs) I don't know, uh, that I need to be saved, that now I'm really unhappy. I'm really happy and I'm really okay. And I also get it. I get it because I grew up from the time I was a baby in a religion that I get it. Like the, the, you want your, the people you love to have what you have. And so I get it, but, um, this is just my experience. So I'm not going to be explaining what Mormonism and the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is, uh, just going to share my own process of what that looked like. So Amy's here to help me do that. Hi guys. <laughs> she's graciously accepting. I'm nodding, but I forget. I have to actually say something. So hello everyone. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> okay. I'm here. I'm ready. Right here. I love it. Okay. So, I mean, I know that you get a lot of questions about this, right? <laughs> <laughs> on, on the weekly. Yes. On yeah. The weekly. Yeah. So I guess why are you feeling like now is a good time for you to share? Because it's been almost two years since I made that hard decision. Um, I've done a lot of processing. I've done a lot of therapy. I am in a place where I'm not scared to be me anymore. I don't need to protect my business, my family, Um, I'm just showing up as me and I feel a lot of peace where I'm at. Um, and I also really want that easy button when people send me messages saying, you know, why don't you go to the temple anymore? Why don't you post about your faith anymore? I can just say, you know what? I have a podcast about it. Here's Mm -hmm. the link. (laughs) Go on on over and listen. Awesome. Um, I mean, why don't you take us back with you maybe to the beginning? Like, how did this all start? So I am going to be asking, I should say, I'm going to be asking you some of the questions that you get really frequently. Yes. Um, I have a list of questions that you get asked a lot and, and they're very inquisitive questions. So as I'm asking, it's not necessarily me. A lot of these things I actually already know about Ashlyn. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to be kind of sifting through those questions to ask you and, and we can talk about it. So yeah. yeah, Why don't you take us back to the beginning? What are you, I don't know what you're calling this process, like what, what you want to call it, but the beginning of your faith transition, expansion or change, whatever 
Mm-hmm. Um, how, what was the beginning? Like, okay. and permission to Amy to pipe in with her own experience because <laughs> bless you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not just like Ashlyn's the only one that's ever gone through this. Um, wouldn't that be wild? <laughs> Wouldn't that be Obviously, great? No, no, I think yes. And no, because I'm like, isn't it great that we're not alone? Yes. <laughs> right. It really yeah. is. And yeah. I know that a lot of the questions I get come from that. I, I think it's like, so at first I felt a lot of judgment, like why are people so inquisitive and why do they need to know why I'm not wearing my religious underwear? You know, why do mm-hmm. they need to know? And now I'm like, oh, cause they're, they're feeling alone. And they yeah. just want to be, yeah. And then there's a lot of great people like yourself who are still in a, their faith and are like, no, I love you. I just want to know where you're at. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that either. So I think there's a few reasons why people ask. I agree. Definitely. I think like people f- sometimes I think feel threatened mm-hmm. even, or it might be like a defense mechanism. Like, why is this person doing something different? Mm-hmm. Should I be doing something different? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, or, or I think we go to that place, like, am I right? Or are they right? Which you don't have to go there is the key, yeah. right? Like you really, really don't have to go there. And oh. then I also think for me, I always just knew it was hard. I know it's hard to have someone you love. Who's like just questioning themselves in general, your spirituality in, gen- in general. And then, um, when you're doing it yourself, it's scary. Mm-hmm. It's scary. I think it takes so much courage. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just like, Hey, are you okay? Like, are you, are you okay? Yeah. So, okay. So that's what I love about Amy is you, you let me off the hook a lot. You're just like, Oh, it's okay. Yeah. You're normal. So that's why Amy's here in my corner with me. Um, I still remember call. I like, I can visually see myself calling and talking to Amy on the phone um, I'm outside putting in my grass, laying saw like the fake grass in my backyard the summer of what, 2019 and terrified. Just like Amy, I'm so scared. My then husband was, you know, dropping bombs left and right of, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this. I don't believe in this anymore. And it was a, a, this religion that we both had grown up in our whole lives. It was a religion that we had come together in marriage and made all these commitments and promises to each other. And so to see your partner step away from all that and then to not talk to you about it, but just like, here's what I believe. And I'm like, wait, I don't understand. Where's this coming from? And it was so scary for me. And truth is it was scary for him too. He, that's why he didn't share with me because he's like, I don't have the answers and I don't know. And I'm afraid to tell you because I know it will scare you. And I wasn't, I didn't know I wasn't a safe place because I'd never really talked about the unbelieving part. Um, But I wasn't, I was at the time when my partner at the time decided to leave, I was actually um, like an ambassador for my church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, a Mormon and LDS person. And so they were, you know, asking me to share my faith every single week and giving me the, the verbiage to do so. I was so happy to do it. I loved it. I really did have this very strong testimony that what I was doing was a give and that it worked for me and I loved it. So it wasn't like a pressured thing to do it. I was like, I felt honored to be. I remember going to those meetings with you. Yes. Yeah. And it was fun. Right. And I was like, yeah, it was so great. They were great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember coming home and telling the one that I went to you with and telling Mm -hmm. my um, former partner, like, this is what they were telling us. And it's awesome. And it makes it so much easier to share. And he was just like, like, you don't see what I see. And I'm, I'm exactly what you were saying before. Like, what do I not see that you see? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't understand what am I doing wrong? I felt like I was doing something right. And so I kept doing it knowing, okay, I guess I'm going to live in an interfaith relationship. I was actually teaching a Sunday school class called gospel doctrine at the time and also questioning and trying to give space to everyone. Like everyone is welcome here. Your questions are welcome here. I don't know all the answers. I'm scared all the things. And here I have a partner who's not coming, not coming to church with me. Um, 
that's where it began. And you gave me a lot of um, reassurance that, you know, be a safe place for him, mm-hmm. let him talk. And I will tell you those, those conversations where I would say, Hey, I just need to, to know where you're at. Like, what are some of your thoughts? Where are your feelings at? What are the things that are really hard for you to swallow right now? Um, before he finally left those conversations, again, I remember very vividly, both of us just bawling our eyes out, crying. It's so much grief, mm-hmm. so much grief. And to see your partner hurting and to be the partner hurting, but they were also really connecting conversations. It's that vulnerability that we don't want to give, but that also brings us together, even though it's also a step apart. Yeah. We're different now. Yeah. And we're, we're stepping into, we don't believe the same things anymore. And that was hard. And I think like, what a gift that that is like the best gift that you can give some, someone, your spouse or someone that you're close with is just space to figure it out and an ear to listen. Mm -hmm. And, and there's, I mean, to me, like in my experience, that is the only useful thing. That's it. (laughs) Like, yes. And you told me this. And I think that's where in the beginnings I would like, but what about this? And I would kind of push back on Mm -hmm. here's my testimony. Here's what I believe. Very tempting. It's not helpful. Mm -hmm. He would just shut down and like, never mind. You're not safe. Yeah. And and now I get it. But then I didn't, I, I was trying to show up in love, but it came across as really pushy. And, um, yeah. So, (laughs) um, okay. So, so you're, you're, um, your former partner is like kind of trying to work through this and you're still going to church mm-hmm. and teaching gospel doctrine, which is like really impressive, um, that you were doing that all at the same time. Like that's a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, how did like, and you feel like, when did you feel like you started your process? Like that was the very beginning. Yeah. How did that lead to your process? Did that start before Okay. Obviously you said it was before your divorce. Yes. Much before. So I should put in here part of our recovery process from addiction and betrayal was our dailies. And these are things that we do every day. So one of those things is spiritual devotional, and that looks different for everyone. But for us, Mm -hmm. it was every day we would listen as a family to a spiritual talk or scripture, and we would have spiritual discussions. And so we were doing that every day. Okay. Um, very, very much. There was a lot of effort going into incorporating God into our lives. Okay. Um, in October of 2019, we went to our church leader and my, (laughs) this is ironic too. My then husband was a missionary, uh, like a word missionary (laughs) when he decided to leave our religion. So he was the guy in the congregation who was trying to get people reactivated, like to come back. And here he was going, but I think I want to leave. It was Mm -hmm. very confusing for him. Really scary. So anyways, he, he said, let's go to the Bishop at, you know, that's what they're called this church leader together. Let's tell him where I'm at. And he was very great about, Hey, this is where I'm at. It's, this is why I'm leaving. And he just gave some short, really quick answers of why I'm leaving. Also my wife and kids are staying and we're not a project and, and they deserve to be included and all the things, right. So gave some boundaries and expectations, which I really appreciated. What was hard was the Bishop who is a great friend and guy immediately went to, you're not going to the temple enough. You're not reading your scriptures enough. You're not praying enough. Are you paying your tithing? Are you like, what are you not doing? You're not doing enough. Cause if you were, you wouldn't be questioning. And I was like, Oh, you don't know us because we've been going to a temple, which is like extra church. (laughs) You don't necessarily have to do Um, (laughs) extra church. We're doing extra church Mm -hmm. and we're doing it three times. You were going like once, once a week or so. Mm -hmm. So three to four times a month, we were doing that as a couple. Okay. We were reading scripture every single day. We were praying every morning and night. We were doing all the things we never missed paying our tithing. 10% of our income went to our church we were doing the things. Yeah. And so that was super painful to hear 
that, you know, if you were just righteous enough, you would, this pain wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. was like, we did it. We did all of it. And it still came. Yeah. And this isn't something we asked for. So mine started then after that meeting. Yes. I mean, I was hardcore. I am a hundred percent in. And after that meeting, I was like, I don't think I'm in. Yeah. Like for very different reasons than my, uh, then husband left, he left over some church history stuff. I left over, I left over some just, I, I don't know any word, different word to use it. So this might be triggering for people, but the programming that was given to me by church. Um, and this is just religion in general, right. Is like, we're taught the same things over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was like unraveling all that and just seeing like, wait, what do I believe? Who am I living my life for? Am I living it for a church? Am I living it for my parents? Am I living it for my spouse, for my kids? So that's where mine started. So October, 2019, um, my dad passed away December, 2019. And, um, by February I was like, I'm done. Like I'm hundred percent out. It was very quickly. Mm-hmm. It was very quick. Um, for me, for him, it was this, you know, probably a year and a half decision. So the hard thing with that is I watched him do it. Right. And it was so scary. And then for me, I had this person next to me. I was talking about how I was feeling. I was talking about all these scary things with yeah. him all the time. Mm-hmm. I was, and he about- understood it and was probably yes. able to validate you really yes. well. Yes. Even yeah. though we had, we had very different feelings. He was like, I get it. And it, it's okay that you don't know. You know, I, I wanted to know, like, just tell me, should I stay or should I go? Can I still go and, and not believe in all the things? Can I, I think I can, I, you know, it was just like the unknowing. So in February of 2019 or 2020, I just said, I don't think God cares. I don't think God wants me to make a decision. And I think I can go to church if I want to, or not go to church if I want to. And then COVID came and lockdown. So guess what? I didn't go to church. <laughs> so like, I really, church I think, wasn't even an option. Yep. So unfortunately I think, yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, people left because it was easy. Um, it's rarely easy. Not easy. <laughs> yeah. I think that's interesting. Like what you were saying about that meeting with the Bishop. And I think, you know, as someone, I still attend church, still involved in church a lot. I'm like, I think that's a common misconception that you're just not doing something. I think that's a narrative that maybe just needs to stop (laughs) forever. If I'm being honest, like, um, I think challenging your own beliefs in any capacity is extremely scary and takes an insane amount of energy Um, it's very emotional. It's not fun and it's not easy. And so, yeah, I think you can see that as you were like, it was, it was challenging. How, how, like, how did it look like grieving? That's one of the questions we have. Like, what did the process look like and how did it look like grief? I, when I grieve, I kind of circle my wagon. So I'm not, I do process verbally out loud. I share on my Instagram here and there but not always with detail, but part of me is right. Grieving for me is writing and processing, um, going to therapy, talking about it with my partner, um, just sitting in it. I would go hiking a lot alone and just talk to God. Um, if you listen to my episode on scrupulosity, um, let me look at, see what episode it is. We talk about kind of what that, how that played into all this. I just, it's episode number 12. If you go back and listen to that, uh, it just made it harder for me because my brain literally functions as like, I just need to be good Mm -hmm. and religiously, and I need to be good with God. And so for me to step out of like, I don't think I want to do religion anymore. I don't think I want this part of it was like, but my brain's going, but you have to, that's what makes you good. And then there wouldn't be a box to check. Yes. For you to be good. Like, oh, look, and- check, check, check. You're good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so not having, I mean, I kind of laugh about it, but like, yeah, I had an easy button by going to church. I had someone who was helping teach my children. I had, um, like a format to teach at home. I had scripture, all these things to like super help me connect to God. Okay. And then by stepping away, what do I, 
what do I do? I have to decide. I have to make those decisions. And that is scary. Mm -hmm. That is so much pressure to put on yourself and all the things I didn't want to do. Like you said, so grieving, um, the community, grieving, going to church every Sunday and getting to socialize, grieving that my kids might be treated differently at school. We live in the Mecca of, of my religion here in Utah. And they call it the bubble. I live in Utah County Mm -hmm. and I actually like the bubble. And I feel like I've been treated really well in the bubble in Mm -hmm. religion and without religion. Um, but I think it's because people see me and they don't, you know, I'm not running around angry or bashing. And if you are, that's okay. It's just not the way I did it. I I grieve different. And so did I feel hurt? Did I feel betrayed? Yes. And no, like, yes, I felt hurt, but it was more so like, I chose to be a part of this religion who made me who I am. So I don't have regrets. Um, there's a lot of good that came because I chose to stay in a religion. I got to get, I got married really young and that is partly influenced because of my religion. Do Uh I regret it? Not really. I mean, it was a wild marriage and it ended but girl, it was a wild ride. It was awesome. a roller coaster. It was yep. wild. It was like Guardians of the Galaxy. If you've ridden that, it was just like oh, oh, yep. oh, yeah. loud music and crazy. I love um, that ride. It's my favorite ride. I think that's you're, why. You're I right. No wonder. No wonder. Favorite ride. No regrets. Uh, no, but like what you're talking about, just to speak to it, like I have another friend who was a part of our faith and has left. And she mentioned that she took everything that she liked with her. And yes. she's like, I hope that doesn't offend you. But like, I still believe a lot. Of, like, like she just was like, I just took what served me. And I took it when you're like, there are a lot of good parts. And, and, you know, like it makes you, it is ingrained in you. And I think you've unlearned some things that you've wanted to unlearn, but the other stuff, you know, oh, it's yeah. still there. Like, it's, it's still in me for yeah. sure. And truthfully, part of me stepping into dating is like, I do want to date someone who understands how my brain works and what's ingrained inside of me, because it will always be a part of me. It is part of my cultural, my heritage. Mm-hmm. It's part of my family. And I want, I want my future partner to understand that and to not yeah. think I'm cuckoo crazy and a cult and whatever. <laughs> right. You're all, you know, yeah. Oh, I understand. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, so, okay. I'm just scrolling through these questions. Cause we've actually answered so many. Oh, did you leave because of Kobe oh, then my former partner? Uh, yes. no. But okay. So this is a really interesting question. I remember feeling this way. Like when I would see friends, one would leave and then the other would leave and being like, ah, dang it. Um, like they fell for it, (laughs) you know, or they like, dang it. They weren't strong enough. Their testimony wasn't big enough. There's that narrative again, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I get it (laughs) because I was hardcore garment checking underwear. Like I was the girl, I was the most judgmental that's the part of me. I don't like that is my shadow work that I've worked really hard on. Okay. Um, I, it's hard not to be influenced by your best friend. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. I mean, Mm -hmm. yes, we left for very different reasons. Um, and I can only speak for me. He's still working through his years Mm -hmm. later. Um, and I feel a lot of peace where I'm at, but I've done a lot of therapy on it and a lot of processing. And I have really safe friends like you. I have mm-hmm. friends that are safe that aren't part of the religion. Like I don't surround myself with people who are angry and mad. Um, I don't go listen to stories about abusive experiences. Like I get that everyone has their own experience, but that's not what helps me grieve. Um, yeah. Well, if you're wanting to move through it, right. And not stay in it, you're wanting yeah. to move through it. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, I was influenced by him. Um, in the end I chose to leave for me and, um, it came down to a question that, um, I kind of mentioned before of like, who am I living my life for? And I wanted to live my life fully in my integrity as me. And for me, that's what it looks like. And 
that was really scary to one, tell my mom. Um, I started to tell my dad these fears right before he died and they were so loving and accepting. They've, you know, had their own experiences in and out of religion and are currently, I mean, my dad's passed away, but are currently religious. Um, but just loving and accepting. And my mom, um, I had had a discussion with her probably this time last year. And she said, tell me where you're at. Why, you know, have, why have you left? And, you know, what do you believe? And I explained to her that how painful it had been, how lonely I felt, how scared I felt but also how much peace I had now knowing that this is my path. And she said, watching you transition out has been such a different experience for me because I thought it looked different. You know, she's seen other people transition and she said, you did it peacefully. You're still the same person. And that's to me the biggest compliment because yeah, I've changed some of my beliefs, um, but I'm, I am the same person. I still have so much inside of me that is the same. And I am a big believer. I can change my mind. I've changed my mind all my life. And it's scary when you put it out into the world and say, this is what I believe. And then say, never mind. I changed my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have my mom's acceptance and love and to to just be understanding and not push back and say, but I want to bear my testimony that, you know, you're of the devil or you're doing it wrong. And, you know, we did have those friends who came over and bore testimony and just like, but maybe you can stay if you do what I did, you know, and Amy, you never did that. You never, and I know that sounds like a bad Mormon though. Like, no, it makes you a fabulous Mormon. Um, because you gave me space to still be your friend. Yeah. Like I am the same with religion and without. I knew you the whole time. And I think that's important to remember, like the way your mom said it and did it. And I think the reason why that's so touching is because yeah, you're still you, you're still you. And for me, I think sometimes as members of the church, like I said, that narrative of like, well, you could do this or you could do that. Like, again, I think it comes down to that feeling of maybe feeling a little threatened or a little defensive of like, well, am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Like if you're asking yourself that question, or if you're being black and white about it, you'll wind up there. And I think for me, like the people in my life, according to my belief system, right. I'm like, do I believe in Jesus Christ and atonement? I do. I think that people can go wherever they need to go. They can walk whatever path they need to walk and I can love them. And that's my only job. And so I think it actually fits very well into our belief system to do that. But I think maybe people just aren't very good at it sometimes. Like saying, (laughs) saying that you are of the devil is just, you know, a tad like way across the line, but like we, (laughs) but you know what I'm saying? Like, I think yeah, I think there's room for it. And I just, I really do the people in my life. It is not a requirement to be my friend, to attend church, to believe a certain way or anything. You know what I mean? I'm like, I just like the people I like. It's true. Yeah. It is so true. Thank you for that. And I really, you know, the question I get, you know, how can I be a good support to my friends as Mm -hmm. a member of this church when they're leaving or questioning exactly what Amy said? just give them space. Let them know that you are still their friend either way. Like, I love you no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you stay, whether you go, whether you, whatever, like I, you know what I mean? Like, yes. And we can still love each other. I was totally one of those people. I'm sure at some point I've offended whoever by saying crazy things and defending a religion. Well, same, like, (laughs) I mean, we make mistakes and so I get it. Um, but yeah, we can do better just as humans, not just people who are of the religion I left. Um, one of my friends, close friends, her sweet husband was like terrified that I was indoctrinating her 
with leaving the church. And she's like, she doesn't even talk about it. You know, when we go out, like Ashlyn's not telling me about what she believes and what she doesn't believe, what I should believe. And I was like, oh, so I, I feel a lot of, um, not a lot, I guess, but I do feel the stigma of, I might rub off on people. Yeah. Like it's contagious. And it, and so is my divorce. Uh, You're all, wow. (laughs) If you hang out with me, you're going to get divorced and you're going to leave your religion. That's funny. I've never, I've totally noticed that about people leaving. They're like, well, have you been talking to I'm like, yeah, but like, we all have our own brains and our own hearts and our own, like, we're okay. We're okay. Right. We can talk to people who think differently and we're going to be fine. Um, but I haven't thought about that with divorce. People feel like that's going to rub off. Like it's contagious. Yeah. Because I mean, it could, you could sit in man bash. You could tell me how horrible your husband is. And I'd be like, yeah, you should leave. But I literally run women's groups where I'm telling people to stay married. Like, come on. It's cool. It's not (laughs) contagious. I didn't think it was, but that's just, I'm like, that's interesting. I didn't realize that there was that stigma, that same stigma, which I think is really harmful. I think it's harmful in a couple of ways. Like to me, I'm like, I think it's harmful because it kind of takes people's agency away, like their ability to choose. And I think it cheapens the process. Like, oh, you might catch this and then all of a sudden you'll be gone. You know what I mean? Where what we were saying before, it's like, it's actually a really kind of a soul searching hard process to evaluate your own beliefs and break yourself down and then build yourself back up where you, and then where you see where you wind up, you know what I mean? And so I'm like, I just think anything that cheapens that is bogus. Yes. <laughs> I don't like Thank it. You. Yeah. Thank you. That's why I love yeah. you. So why did I leave? I'm just going to leave it at that very simple. Like for me, it was just all these, I had a lot of weird that I partly because of the scrupulosity, mm-hmm. I had let rule my life and I just was done living that way. Um, it was also hard for me to have a middleman with like sit between me and God and my relationship with God or my okayness with God. And so for me now, like you said, I had to redefine and rebuild myself and say, well, who the heck am I Mm -hmm. without this organization? Where do I give my 10%? Do I, do I give a 10% to someone, to an organization? Mm -hmm. Um, do I still serve? Do I still have values? And that's a big, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a big one for me. I worked on my values years ago because of the recovery work I did. You have to figure that stuff out because, um, for me, religion is belief, right? And it teaches values, but I think sometimes we get it mixed up and we're like, no, my values are my beliefs. And that's where I was, where I was like, well, I believe what the church told me to believe. Those are my values. Mm-hmm when I stepped away, I was like, wait, okay. Well, some of (laughs) of them, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them are the same. A lot of my values are the same Yeah, and some of them are different. Yes. And I'm not a murderer. No, (laughs) I can attest as far as I know. So far I have not murdered (laughs) anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, but it did take some soul searching for me. And to think it's like, I, I was in this box and to be in the box is not a bad thing. If you like you're in the box, you don't know you're in the box. I was happy. I was in it. And the minute I poked my head out, I was like, Oh crap. Like I can't put my head back in. And it is scary. Terrifying. It's terrifying. And so there is no part of me that's like, Hey, stick your head out of the box, go searching you know, it's time to soul search. It's like, Oh, I don't know. Do I want you to like, yes, I want you to live in your truth and your integrity and to figure out who you're living your life for. But, Oh yeah, it's so painful. It's, it is never an easy decision. And maybe for some people it is, but I've never talked to anyone who's like, it was the easiest thing to do to walk away from my religion. You give up so much and it does require you like, how am I going to parent my kids? How, what am I going to teach my kids? My kids still pray. My kids still, um, one of them chooses to go to, um, like weekly activities with the youth group. The other one doesn't. Um, some of the girls in the youth group said, I am not friends with more with people who aren't Mormon. 
And that's just one of those things that's like taught by their parents that sure. you kind of like, oops, I probably taught crap like that too. Mm -hmm. um, but it affected my child. She doesn't feel safe. Cause she's yeah. like, oh crap, I'm not Mormon. So I guess I shouldn't go. Um, crazy enough. My youngest Ellie, my redhead, my fiery one, <laughs> when she was, oof, I think she was about to be baptized into the church. She was eight years old. And, um, we were on a drive and it was just me and my former husband and her. And she said, I need to talk to you guys about something and I'm scared. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what she's going to tell us, but you know, we're here and we'll just listen. And she said, I don't want to be a Mormon. And I was like, what? Like you're eight. How, what, what? what? Like, I didn't think any of those thoughts when I was eight, I, I was like 40 years old when I started yeah. like, oh. well, you were like, that would not be the right thing to say, you knew because scrupulosity. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I just listened to her and to hear her reasoning of why I was like, I actually was super proud of her because she, she was allowing herself to question at eight years mm -hmm. old. She was kind of pushing back at her teachers at, at church at Sunday school saying, Hey, that doesn't seem right. And they would come talk to me and be like, wow, what are you guys teaching her? She's like, she has her own thoughts. And I'm like, part yeah. of it's her. Like it's really deep thinking to question. Right. Yeah. And you have to be able to hold beliefs at the same time that yeah. maybe don't mesh very well. And so to do that at eight years old is super impressive. So yeah. her, her reasoning was I, you know, she's a very, she's a supporter of all and a lover of all and a defender of all. Mm -hmm. And so for her, the LGBTQ community, not being 100% accepted into this organized religion was really hard for her. And it hurt, it physically hurt her heart. And so yeah. she's like, I just can't do it. And so for me to be like, okay, my eight-year-old is seeing like, what am I doing? You know, like it was just, it was kind of a wake up call for me. So my kids have very different reasons for why they are, where are they at? But in our divorce decree, it is very clear. We will never sway our kids either way. We're always open to, we offer every week. Hey, if you want to go to church, I'll take you. Hey, if you want to go to this activity, here it is. And they're always welcome to make their own decisions. And they always do. Which is so cool of you guys. Um, and I think it, that takes a lot of effort, not only physically to like do the work of it, but just emotionally too, to be open to just being accepting. I think it sends a really good message. Um, so sorry, I'm just scrolling down. Um, well, so this is, I think is one that people will wonder about, but like without religion, what, what are your beliefs, have your beliefs on pornography changed? Mm. Yes, I do get that question. Um, I can only speak for, for myself, um, not my former partner. Um, and I haven't asked him recently what his beliefs are. But for me, it hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. Pornography disrupted my relationship in a giant way. And it brings in a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and just a lot of disconnect from human. <laughs> like yeah. it's not real. It's not based in reality. It's like me going and watching Avengers and be like, I love Avenger. Like I live in that world. No, it's not real. And so for me, pornography will always not be a part of my life. And so, yeah, it still doesn't align with your values. Right. So you're nope. like, you figured out your values and it's still, yeah. I mean, one of my nope. values is connection. <laughs> you mm -hmm. can't get that from yeah. pornography yeah. and it's human connection. So for me, that was part of the issue was you know, him seeking connection through visual things when I was right there. So mm -hmm. one of my values, another honesty and transparency. So that's tricky. Like if you can't be fully honest with me, that's a giant red flag for me. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's, I don't, and, and I think, I mean, I'm sure I'm guessing, cause I don't know this, but the women that you mentor in your groups are probably from a lot of different religious backgrounds, maybe some not religious as well. Yes. And so it's not just a, it's not like, a religious problem. It's not a religious problem. problem. Yeah. It's not a problem that only Mormons have. It's like 
I think it's heightened with religion. I mean, all the studies show that it is more intense mm-hmm. for really, and it's not just Mormons again mm-hmm. with religions that are very strict with sexuality. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's just, it fosters like secrets and mm-hmm. shame. shame. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's a worldwide problem. I mean, our podcast, the betrayed, the addicted expert has listeners from around the world, all different cultures and beliefs. And yet they're still feeling the same feelings of that disconnect and that harm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, How did you tell those close to you kind of talked about this and how they responded? Um, I guess maybe just quickly, because you did talk about your mom already and, and that was so great, but like what was helpful, what was not helpful? Yeah. Um, Um, I actually, I think it's different for everyone who's chosen to leave their religion, but just asking, you know, I'd love to hear your story and I just want to listen. That's a really safe place for someone to say, this is why I left, but I will never offer up my story. Like, Hey, do you want to hear why I left? Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't sit and talk about this hardly (laughs) ever. Um, I did when I was grieving it and trying to find answers and, and clarity, I talked about it a lot and I, uh, that was part of me processing and trying to find that clarity. Um, one thing I know for sure is the not knowing was deeply uncomfortable, just deeply uncomfortable. Like, can I make this work? Can I stay? Can I just being in limbo? Yeah. The limbo. I was in limbo for like, I felt like maybe nine, 10 months. That's a long time of just like, oh my gosh, just like, give me a yes or a no, or, you know, and, and I think I told you this before we started recording, but I was like, I remember you saying at one point you were just like, I don't want to talk to someone who has a strong opinion either way. Yes. You were like, I don't want to talk to someone who's going to tell me get out. And I don't want to talk to someone who's going to tell me you need to stay. Yeah. I just, I just wanted someone like you. So I had really just two friends that I was like, I think you're awesome. Like that's yeah. (laughs) Um, and I'm sure at times you're like, Ashlyn's pretty crazy, but you still give me space. Um, Mm -hmm. my other friend, Jordan, who's also been on the podcast, she left the same religion, you know, almost a decade ago she gave me space. She wasn't the one saying you should leave. Yeah. I feel so much happier now. She was like, I get it. And she yeah. would just listen. And do you feel like you could have truly been influenced by either of those things though? No. For yeah. Me, it's like people posting, a, you know, their political views on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Are people really going to change their mind? Like, come on. I mean, <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I think if I would have been like, you need to stay, like, I don't think I that just would have actually affected you. you. Yeah. I don't think that would have actually affected you. Same with if Jordan would have been like, you got to get it. Like if someone would have just yeah. expressed that really strong opinion, yeah. I think you would have just felt like I can't trust this person's opinion Yeah, because and it's for you. So for me, again, I did it very different than my former husband. He found solitude in talking to the people who had left mm-hmm. and who, you know, had a lot of trauma around leaving he liked being able to like that validation and all the things I didn't like that. And so I always kept both sides in my corner because I'm like, yeah, I noticed that about you. Yeah. I just wanted neutrality. I wanted to not be pressured. I just wanted to make my own decision. And so like, there's a thing called, there's a podcast called Mormon stories. I never have listened to one episode because I'm like, it, why does it matter? Like, if you're listening to this, why does it matter? Why does it matter why I left? I don't know. Um, but people want to know. And for me, that wasn't part of my process. I think because people are scared either way, probably they either maybe want to feel validated or just understand. It is interesting why we care because as someone who, I mean, legitimately, I feel like, um, I've like served in, in my church in a capacity where people tell me about, if they're struggling with their faith or whatever you want to call it, or they're making a transition. And I'm like, Oh, like I I'm okay. Like it's okay. (laughs) And they're so scared to even see me. Uh, So, I mean, I totally understand that. Like, I'm like that they're, I think they're just scared that I'm, that you are going to try and just like, I don't know, get your hands all in it. Um, but yeah, so space, space is good. Space. Um, And I I would also say like, if, 
you know, if you, if you know the person, they're your friend or your family, ask them if they'd like to share their story with you. Sure. Asking me as a stranger is kind of like, I don't actually know you. So I probably am not going to give you details, Mm -hmm. Um, but those close to me know why I've chosen to leave. Um, So that I think is totally safe and they may say no, and that's okay. But that to me is like a sign of you're safe and you actually do care and you're not going to try to bring me back because I don't feel broken. I don't feel lost. Um, Yeah. I think spirituality is like so close to authenticity and vulnerability, (laughs) like in, in, in the experiences that I've had within religion, where I've felt the strongest and the best are when people are being authentic and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So I think even sharing the leaving or the dismantling of that takes a lot of authenticity and vulnerability. And I think that can be kind of a spiritual experience Mm-hmm. of just holding space for someone in that yeah. because it's something that's so real. Yeah. It's and it so can real to them. It yes. can create you. more of a testimony for yourself to stay and it can do whatever. Um, I will also say this still invite your friends and family to religious events still, because I get a lot of people like, well, my kid is getting baptized or like having the spiritual event. Should I invite my family that's left? And it's like, yeah, they may not come, but it's nice. It's always nice to be invited. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I think that's good because I think sometimes we feel like I, that's something that makes me nervous. Like, I'm like, I don't want to feel like I'm pressuring someone, but I also don't want them to feel like I don't care about them. Yeah. And so to me, I'm like, I usually will just ask. So I usually will just say like, Hey, I'm feeling like I want to invite you, but I don't know if that's going to be uncomfortable for you. So like in the future, would that be okay? Totally. And I was actually very boundaried with the religious leaders around my kids of just saying, Hey, you're, they they always want to be invited. They may say no. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is where like, they're always going to say probably no to a church activity. That's like a spiritual thing that's mm-hmm. there. And I let them decide. So giving them boundaries too, so that they don't have to have that. Like, do we dare ask? I don't know. Like mm-hmm. where's Ashlyn at? It's like, no, I already told you. Like, here for everyone makes it yes. comfortable. I think it's like, this is what I'm wanting. Yeah. 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 We're safe. Yeah. We're not going to be mean. We're, we're yeah. Fine. Is anyone ever really mean? Like very rarely, I feel like True. about it. And I'm like, but I do, I feel like people, sometimes people are angry and that's part of grief. And so to me, I'm like, I don't think that's personal. I I don't choose to take it personally. Maybe I should in some instances, (laughs) but I don't choose to take it personally. I just choose to see that that person is hurting and that they're in a hard spot. Yeah. It's a lot to grieve. And Mm -hmm. especially if there is trauma mixed in there, which spiritual trauma is absolutely a thing. So very deep, deeply felt. Okay. So like, I'll ask you, um, Sorry. I'm like, we got a little, a little friend with us now. Um, I'm just going to look at what these. do I, what do I still Buffalo believe? Moment, or do you want to know what I'm going to tell you now? What do I still believe? Okay. What do you still believe? I'm going to end it with that. Um, and just so you know, I am free to change my mind at any time. <laughs> I, I no longer do blanket statements. Um, hardcore, like this is it. And this is it forever. So for me right now, um, actually a lot of people said like you left after your dad died. Like that doesn't make sense. If anything, you should have had a stronger testimony of like eternal life and seeing your dad again. And Mm -hmm. it just was different for me. It gave me more freedom to like live the life that I really wanted to live. Um, I still believe I'm going to see my dad again. I still believe in an afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. Like take that for what it's worth for now that works for me. Yeah. Um, I still pray. I still believe in the atonement. Um, that's, I believe how I'm where I'm at. I believe in change that humans can change. Um, I still believe in God. There's so many things I still believe. Um, but then there's things that I don't believe anymore Yeah, and that don't serve me. And that I'm like, wait, I'm 41 years old and I'm single divorced and dating. Yeah. I'm not going to go into details, but there's things I don't believe in anymore. And it's a very different approach for me. Do I still have values? Yeah, I do. Of course. Um, so it's not like I'm like 
ooh, I'm crazy now. I'm not religious. It's like, yeah, I get to make different choices now as an adult woman. And um, also, I got asked the question, now that you're divorced, will you go back to religion? Like you need that support. And the answer was no. Um, I know for me, like I don't need financial support. I don't need, I can still, I still have a really strong supportive community around me of friends and family. So yeah, that's, I still believe a lot, but um, I'm also open to changing my mind. Yes, of course. (laughs) I think we all just need to accept the fluidity of faith that happens within religion and without religion. And yeah, like we can be one way and then we can be another way and we can be both. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. I'm like, oh, I love it. Do you want me to do the Buffalo? Okay. Yeah. What's my Buffalo moment? Yeah. What is your most recent be the Buffalo moment? I'm going to say going to Disneyland for the 14th time with my children um, because we had so many memories as a family of four and we were going as a family of three. Um, uh, It's also my D-Day disclosure day this weekend when I was told about the second affair from my former husband and then we went to Disneyland two days later and we'd already done a redo of Disney. Like all these things wrapped into Disneyland were just hard. And so for me to just kind of go into it with like, expectations. It might be hard. We might have all these extra baggage feelings, but also I went into it with a lot of intention of I'm going to do things different and I'm going to make a lot of effort to create new memories. And so we stayed at a new hotel. We, uh, started at a different park. We normally started Disneyland. We started at California adventure. We went trick or treating. Uh, we ended at different rides. Um, we didn't go hardcore from eight to 10 or eight to midnight. We started at noon and came home at eight and it just was a different trip. And we, I didn't come home with the Disneyland hangover. I was like, that was great. And I didn't have the hard moments. Yeah. That is success. success. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that's really awesome about you in general, and even what you're saying about what you believe moving forward is I've just watched you be so intentional about your healing and, you know, who you want to be and how you want to live. And it's not, yeah, none of it is like, woohoo. It's all very like thought out and intentional. And so that's awesome. I'm glad you had a good trip. Thank you. And thank you for spending time with me today. You're welcome. Doing this weird podcast, but (laughs) hopefully, hopefully if you're either side in a religion or not, you can have at least a little takeaway of maybe how we can show up in a more supportive way or how to talk to people about, you know, that questioning of faith and how scary it is instead of just living inside and being alone and being so scared alone. There's plenty of people to talk to. Yeah. And we can be there for each other, even if we don't agree on everything, right? It's not required. We can still love each other and be there for each other. Yes. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thanks, Miss Amy. Yep. Thanks, Ashlyn. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs> Thanks for being here with me today. Whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes. Or you can share on social media or shoot me an email. It offers me your support without you having to spend a dime or much of your time. Until next time, be the buffalo.